All right, everybody, we're back. Yeah, you can feel it, right? The energy is there, the excitement. We're only a mere few hours away from what is technically the official start of the Formula One season. And the hype for this season is real. The excitement, the unknowns, the question marks. There, We do not know where any of these teams are going to stack up. I mean, for this 2022 Bahrain Grand Prix, it is going to be, my prediction is just pure, I'm thinking pure chaos. I mean, we do not know where any of these teams really are. We have an idea. I think we know Red Bull, Ferrari are looking good. Uh, Mercedes is up there, but are they the best team? There have been question marks surrounding that. And uh, there are just so many, maybe Haas surprising us, right? There are just so many question marks. And really got to start off by giving mega props to the thinkers, the innovators on the Formula One teams, the, the, the people who have changed the regulations. I mean, I think one thing about this season, and I've said this numerous times, is these new regulations are a game changer for the sport this year. And we knew that going in. We knew that these regulations were were hype. We knew that they were what we wanted, I think, truly. And I think part of the spirit of these regulations and part of the goal of these regulations is to make the racing better, obviously. But One other interesting part about the new changes for 2022 is it goes back to what the sport is meant to be, what what we want to see, and that's innovation. And when I mean innovation, I don't mean little tweaks to floorboards and, you know, little tweaks here and there. What we're seeing is full on unique innovation. I mean, just look at the 10 different teams there is not one single answer to these regulations there is not that much in common between the teams i mean i'm sure eventually a team's gonna nail it and and who knows maybe it'll be a surprise team maybe it'll be haas there's gonna be a team that nails these regulations and obviously other teams are going to follow but we've seen wide body we've seen skinny body we've seen the mercedes which is pretty much just a tube I mean, I'm exaggerating there, but it it kind of is. And it's just amazing the way these teams have tackled the regulations. It goes to show you the minds behind Formula One and what truly makes the sport innovative and and why it is the pinnacle of motorsport. And I say this all the time to people I talk to. Formula One is not just, you know, people think it's just racing. I say, no, 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 no. Formula One is not just racing. It's it's human innovation. It's it's engineering. The spirit of engineering. The, the, the smartest minds in the world. People that could work for NASA. That could work in aerodynamic engineering for like a military company. It's, it's the top of the engineering world mixed with the top of the driving world. And, that, and that's when you get the results you get. And that's when you get the innovation you see. And for the on-track product... It's hype. I mean, look at this. Like, we have Ferrari, who look like they're primed to be one of the fastest teams, and Red Bull, who are primed to be one of the fastest teams. So far, so far, we could be completely wrong. And 
when you look at the styles, the the way they've attacked, it's two completely different approaches to the same regulations, and and that really is what the sport is about, and that is why this season truly is going to be hype. But let's get into the Bahrain Grand Prix. Some interesting developments that have happened since testing, since I last talked to you, which has been about two weeks. And I gotta apologize. I've just been, you know, it's been a busy couple of weeks. I, you know, have a career, have things I gotta focus on and I just haven't been able to connect as much as I would like have would like have to would like to have god I can't even talk but anyway getting into the 2021 wow 2021 2022 Bahrain Grand Prix right so there's a few big headlines going into this race and one of the first things I'm going to tackle since I haven't been able to approach it is Haas F1 I know this is usually you wouldn't lead with Haas F1, but obviously Haas has had men like if there's a team that has had like the worst sponsorship history, it's got to be Haas. And, you know, part of it is because when you're a team desperate for money, you know, when you're desperate, you're willing to go to any measures to find that funding. Right. So we had the rich energy, uh, the rich energy saga, right. With Haas. And we all know how that ended up. And then, you know, Haas, listen, I get why last year they added Euro Kali to their sponsorship and why they put Nikita Mazepin where they did. We knew Nikita had uh, a shady history, a, a disgraceful history, frankly. And... Um, but we knew, we understood why. Listen, this was Formula One can be a vicious sport sometimes, and the fact is, I I completely get why they added that sponsor. They needed that revenue, or they felt they needed that revenue, um, you know, for either research, R and D, whatever. And of course, that came with the price of hiring a driver like Nikita Mazepin. And uh, the Nikita Mazepin uh, experiment. For what it was, I mean, flat out, it, it, it didn't work. Uh, Nikita, listen, yeah, he had his moments in Formula 2. And you could say he's shown moments of good driving. But overall, he was a mess for that team. I think personally, he seemed like he was a cancer for that team. We know the conflicts he's had with Mick, the complaints he's made. And, uh, you know, he was not that team's future. He was there because his dad gave money. And we know that. And I think one of the best things to happen to Haas is the fact that they were essentially forced or I I don't know if they made the decision on their own or if they felt forced, but obviously getting rid of your colleague because the situation's going beyond the world of Formula One was the right move. We know the Mazepins have a history with Putin. There's, There's no denying that, like... You know, they're they're close. Dmitry Mazepin is, is close with Putin. He was in meetings with him. Like, we're not going to deny that. Um, and then getting rid of Nikita. Listen, I, I understand where people see the conflict there. But I, I don't think... I think Haas really took this not just as an opportunity to make a point, which I think was good, um, but also was their chance to get rid of Nikita and I, I honestly think Haas now has one of the most interesting driver lineups by hiring Kevin Magnuson. I mean, great to see K Mag back. 
And I think him combined with Mick is is an amazing is an amazing driver combo. And listen, Haas looked okay in testing. I mean, they look like they've improved. They look like maybe they found something with these regulations. And for the sake of the sport, I hope they do. I think we need listen, in Formula One, we need a little parody. We need those moments. We need those underdog moments. Because yeah, the sport is about those big teams, but at the same time, you want to see those those stories. You want to see the little guy uh, beat Goliath. You want to see the team that's, you know, I know they're not technically from America because they have factories in England and Italy, but you want to see that American team, that, that small team based out of America, technically, or licensed in America. You want to see them have success. You want to see that little team. They, you want to see them be the little team that could. And, you know, they've had their moments of brilliance when they started out in the in the league. But I truly think Haas might turn some heads this year. And I'm really interested to see what they do in practice in just a few short hours from now. Uh, I'm intrigued by the driver combination. I, I think Mick is going to learn a lot this year. I think Mick truly is. In, and I know it's not fair to make comparisons to his dad i mean michael is on another level right but what i do think is good about mick and just from watching you know how he interacts and what you see from his interviews and how he seems as a driver i truly think he is a student of the sport and i think he listens to those around him in that sense i think he's like michael schumacher where he is somebody that will listen to the input and and take those lessons and try to improve himself from it. And I think that's the most you can ask from a driver of Nick's caliber. And we'll see what happens, where he turns out. I mean, this year, having Magnuson as a driver with him will, will show us where he truly stands on that team. We'll see if he truly is a better driver than we think or if he is maybe overrated. So... I'm really intrigued for Haas. I want to see them do great things. It would be so cool to see them make at least Q3, have a good quality appearance, uh, maybe get some points. Top six, probably not likely, but hey, you never know. Anything can happen. Uh, the other big news out of the weekend, which is kind of an interesting transition. Speaking of Mick Schumacher and Haas, we're talking about one of Mick's mentors, um, and that'd be Sebastian Vettel, man. Um, it's cool to see Hulkenberg back. I think we like to see the Nico Hulkenberg super sub appearance every now and then. Um, unfortunately, it comes at the price of Vettel, Seb, you know, having uh, COVID-19, coming down with COVID-19. And we had a scare with Danny Ricardo last week. Um, so obviously COVID is still around us and might still play a role in this season. I hope there's not another surge and this is going to affect driver lineups, but it is truly interesting to see that Hulkenberg is back. And man, I feel so bad for Seb. This guy, like, I feel like I feel like Seb just can't catch a break. But it's gonna be interesting to see Hulkenberg back. Um I don't know how easy that's gonna be of a transition. I mean, we've seen Hulkenberg do great things with the, you know, cars that he's hopped in. But I mean, trying to pick up to speed with these new cars. I think it's going to be a radical change. I don't think he's gotten much seat time, if any. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Nico there. Um, You know, the Hulk hulking back. 
And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where Aston Martin falls, right? I think I was talking with one of my buddies the other day, and he's a big Aston Martin fan. He was obviously, he's also a big Seb fan. I think that's why he's really a big Aston Martin fan. And he was absolutely crushed, uh, obviously, with Seb being out. But uh, we were talking, and like this is kind of a make or break year for Aston Martin, I feel. And I know they have some long-term investments, but this this experiment with the strolls and uh, investing the money, it's gotta it's gotta reap its dividends soon. I mean, Racing Point at the end of twenty twenty came off like such a high. We thought like Aston Martin was the hype going into twenty twenty one, and now they're they're fighting at the back of the midfield. And I truly hope, I truly hope that they have found something. For this year. I I mean. We want to see Seb back up there. He's capable. I kind of want to see where Lance Stroll actually. Falls into. Um, You know. I want to see what they can do. I want to see their potential. And the benefits just. Haven't been there yet. And it's a little frustrating to watch. Because. You know. Especially with having Sebastian Vettel. Having Seb on that team. There's a lot of potential there. And, you know, to see them just fighting at the back, it's very frustrating to watch. It's one of the teams that have been the biggest disappointment. And hopefully they'll turn it around. I I really, truly hope that they do. Because I think they're a team that should have success and deserve success. Especially with, you know, listen, they're not a terrible driver lineup. I think Stroll gets a lot more hate than he should. And... Obviously, Seb is a quality driver. So, we'll see where he stacks up. We'll see what happens there. And uh, we'll see how Hulkenberg does this weekend. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him. But, hey, if there's anybody I would want in a car having to adapt on the fly, it would be Nico Hulkenberg. So, there is that. Now, another big question mark going into this weekend is Mercedes. Are we thinking they sandbag testing? I really don't know. They came in with one of the most radical car designs when they came to testing the other the other week. Um, you know, their car basically has the smallest side pods I think you could legally have. Or almost the smallest you could legally have. And, you know, there have been some major issues with the porpoising. It seems the car has been just having issues overall in terms of pace and speed and the likes of George Russell and Lewis Hamilton saying, listen, we're, we're not joking. Like I know usually, you know, we say this is something that we can turn around and fix. I mean, we know Mercedes had their problem last year in testing and they fixed it. They righted the ship this year. They're claiming that it's more of an uphill battle. It's not one of these one week fixes. And that maybe they are behind. Maybe they're not even up in that top three of teams or not top two of teams, which would be a shocker. I mean, and it would be George George Russell's luck, right? Like, guy finally gets a chance with Mercedes. And, of course, it's the year that Mercedes is on a downhill. If, if, if Mercedes truly is struggling. But, I mean, that's going to be something interesting to watch this weekend and we're gonna find out in a few short hours not even in an hour and a half we're gonna see is mercedes really as far behind as we think or are they lying to us and just trying to 
get us all, you know, nervous and get us all conversating and talking about how Mercedes may or may not be sandbagging. Uh, but that's something interesting to take a look at. And, you know, if they are, if they are, it won't necessarily be the worst thing for the sport. But I'm telling you, the one thing I, and I think I'm not alone in this, I still want 2022 to be the Lewis Hamilton revenge year. I mean, we can't have Lewis Hamilton finishing third or fourth after the way last year ended. We can't. Like, it it would just be, I don't know. I want to see him drive the wheels off that thing. I don't care if the car is off pace. If there's anybody who can drive a mildly off pace car, I'm not saying a car way off the pace. I'm not saying he can go into a Williams. Sorry, Williams. I'm not saying he can go into a Williams and drive that car in the first place. I'm not. But I'm saying if there's a car that is slightly behind on pace, that isn't at the top, but is close enough, if there was somebody I would trust behind that wheel, it would be Lewis Hamilton. And then maybe the next person would be like Max Verstappen, Vettel, someone like that I would trust. I think they could get the most pace out of those cars. And we're going to see. We're going to find out soon. And I think that's one of the biggest question marks going into the weekend. Where is Mercedes? And, you know, I know Ferrari and Red Bull are saying, well, you know, I think Mercedes is, uh, you know, you know, they always like to say these things, but we'll see what happens when they're really on the track. And I think the other surprise is McLaren not looking as strong as maybe we thought. I mean, to McLaren's credit, they just added Google as a sponsor now. At least they have, you know, they're getting the revenue. What Zach Brown has done in terms of marketing that team has been amazing. Um, I still think they're one of the teams that will figure something out. I, I truly just have a lot of faith in McLaren. And even if they're behind now, maybe they'll be like Ferrari last year where they started a little behind and found their way by the end of the season. Um, but if they are behind, I mean, that's going to be, I think, another disappointment this year. Um, Lando's put a lot of trust in that team. I, you know, Danny Rick is where Danny Rick is. I don't think he's that team's long-term goal. But, um, you know, it is interesting to see whether or not McLaren can fight for wins and can fight for podiums because... I think that's one of the teams that we would like to see that happen, especially with their driver combination. I don't think they have a terrible driver combination. I think I think Daniel Ricciardo still has a lot of potential. I think Lando is one of the best drivers on the grid. And that's a team that should be fighting for the top. You know, that's a team that should be right up there with Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes. But at the moment, they say they're not, and they have that big major brake issue, so they're fast, but they can't stop their car, which... Is a problem. <laughs> Obviously, you need to be able to make, you know, the proper braking points, the proper turns. You know, you need to be able to get that car and put it where you want to. And if they can't, that's going to be a major issue. And hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully they can figure out their pace issues and, and be up there with those top teams. And that brings us to the top two teams going into this weekend. I think there is consensus and it's not just consensus from the Twitter folks. I think it's consensus also 
around the major voices in F1. And people seem to think the two teams, as of now, that have figured out the regs, that have figured out how to be fast, is Red Bull and Ferrari. And if that is the battle we get, that is going to be a great battle. I mean, the driver lineups for both teams. First of all, Verstappen and Checo, we know what they can do. We've seen them working as a team. Checo is a great number two for Max. When Checo is getting the most out of that car, he is getting the most out of that car. He might not be the best qualifier, but when he races, there is something about his racing that just is proper for Red Bull. And he will do what he needs to do to put Red Bull in a position to win. So, I mean, going into this weekend, if that's who we get, if Max is able to, in that first race, qualify on pole, take the lead, and show why he was the world champion, asterisk, um, if that is the reason, if that is what we get, it will also be a good thing. I think that won't be the worst thing ever. Um, And I think it will be an interesting start to the season. But what would be even more intriguing is Ferrari. And the question is, who is going to lead that Ferrari team? Who is going to be the better driver of that crew? That, one of, I don't think that driver lineup is talked enough. It's not talked about enough. Because having Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc, the Monegasque, I love saying that, the Monegasque, um, that is one of the best driver lineups right now in the sport. I mean, you got to say, like, you know, you have Checo, Max, you have Lewis, you have George, you have Carlos and Charles, and you have Lando Danny. Like, those are some of the best lineups right there. And then maybe underrated, Fernando and Esteban Ocon. And then, of course, maybe K-Mag and Mick, and then everything else is kind of... I'm probably missing somebody big. Uh, actually, no, I don't think I really am. The The lineup of Charles and Carlos is interesting because I think at times Carlos has shown that he is a little better than Charles. And what's going to happen if they are even? What is going to happen with Ferrari? How are they going to handle that? I mean, who gets preferential treatment? You would think it would be Leclerc, right? Like, so that's going to be something to watch because I truly think Ferrari is going to be up there. And we've seen Carlos kind of like nails it in qualifying, like almost all the time. He's one of the best qualifiers I've seen. And, you know, going into this weekend, what if Carlos is on pole and Charles is like fourth? Who's Ferrari going to like prefer? Who will have the better race pace? You know, so I don't know. But I'm going to make some bold predictions for this weekend. This is what I'm going to say. All right. So bear with me. I'm going for uh, some big, bold predictions. And uh, this is hopefully I'm right. Again, these are my totally big, bold predictions. Just shot in the dark here. Um, So. Going into this weekend, the hype is real. Bahrain Grand Prix 2022. First off, winner. No, pole position. 
pole position is going to be Carlos Sainz. Okay? Carlos Sainz pole position. Race winner, Max Verstappen. And then on the podium, we're going to see a Carlos Sainz podium. And I'm going to put Lewis on the podium. I think Mercedes is going to shock. They're going to be better than we think. And Mercedes is going to be on that podium. Lewis Hamilton, third place. And then uh, our surprise of the week. Surprise of the week is going to be Haas F1 team. They're going to get a top six finish. You heard it here first. Haas F1 team, top six finish, surprise team of the year. Max Verstappen winning. Carlos Sainz on the pole and getting a podium. Lewis Hamilton on the podium. And we're hyped for the 2022 Bob Rain Grand Prix. I'll talk to you guys Monday, the day after the race. We'll see how off our predictions were. We'll see the surprises. Get hyped. Get ready. Formula One is back, people. Get excited. Enjoy the race weekend.